everyone, welcome back to the Playing With Power podcast, the issue-by-issue retrospective on Nintendo Power Magazine. Not to be confused with the official Nintendo Power podcast, by the way. People always get that confused, don't they? I know, we're getting thousands of downloads from people that are just completely confused, and I I don't know what we can do to avoid that. They, they listen for the first 30 seconds, and then they immediately you know, start gouging at their ears with a, with a toothpick. They start crying when they hear curse words. They do. They start crying, and then they find Kirby to, to suck the tears for them. It's like I'm right out of the rice sockets. <laughs> and that's the type of Kirby that, you know, we would have, which are where there's like a little hole cut in the back and just like enough to slide something in. <laughs> All right. I'm your host, Ben. With me, as always, is my <laughs> co-host, Mike. Regrettably so. Yes, indeed. We're picking this up. At the halfway mark, uh, which for us is around page 54 or so, 55, we're at the, uh, uh, the centerfold here. Yes, the glorious centerfold for a game called Robotech Crystal Dreams. And uh, this is based on the Robotech cartoon, which I uh, was just informing Mike, was, was, uh, is what it is. It's, it's three different cartoons in one. Uh, when it was bought over the United States, they wanted to have at least 100 episodes for syndication, so they took Macross and two other um, animes from Japan and then overdubbed them, changed the storyline dramatically, and tried to make it into one big big show. So anyways, that's so the, what uh, yeah, this so game is gave, based on. They gave it the Power Rangers treatment. Yes. We'll just we'll just Frankenstein these shows together and, uh, oh, they're Americans. They, they won't care. Yeah, I mean, cause I've watched the entire Robotech series, uh, not the, the Americanized version, you know. And they keep referencing like the robot masters, you know, and they show like that a clip of them, I think once every season, but they never actually address like anything about them. (laughs) It's just like, oh, yes, they're the masterminds of the universe. And they're the things that are tying everything together. I'm sure, you know, this is these seasons seem totally irrelevant from the others. What's happening? None of the characters followed forward. And uh, oh, I guess you're vaguely related to Roy Fokker. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> not not to be confused with his family, Motherfucker. Yes. Or Fatherfucker. Or Uncle Fucker. <laughs> Who everyone just tells him to shut up. Shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. <laughs> Anyways. So this uh, guy on the poster looks like a mix between Shockwave and Starscream. Yeah, it's uh, it was like a Transformer kind of around the same time as when Transformers were kind of coming out. I, I don't know if it's a direct copy or if it was sort of like created simultaneously unaware of the other. But uh, it's definitely a robot that can transform into a jet. And there is like a hybrid mode where like uh, it's jet on top but legs beneath and arms beneath. Yeah, Robotech aired in 1985, so damn, like, who's to uh, Transformers took place, what, 1984? Because it was tied in with the eruption of Mount St. Helen. You'll have to look at... uh, The the Autobots from the Ark. (laughs) You'll have to look at... um, (laughs) The original cartoon is uh, Macross, or Super Dimension Fortress Macross, or Macross, or however you say it. Right, it's connected Um, also with the Super Dimension Cavalry Southern Cross and Genesis Climber Mospeda. So Macross was created in 1982. Uh, So it came... three years prior to when uh, it came to the United States. So it beat the Transformers. Uh, Potentially. I mean, Transformers is also from Japan, so... 
She had one when they came out first. <laughs> now you're going to have me looking it up. <laughs> you describe the visuals while I, while I look this up here. Okay, well, what I'm looking at here is, again, uh, uh, Starscream's body. We've we got uh, a jet with the wings in the back, like little coattails for a tuxedo. And the front is, of course, the, the nose of the jet aiming down. And like I said, he's got Shockwave's head, which appears to be a, a turret with a camera. And he's holding what appears to be a... Uh, it really looks like a balloon of a gun. Like, it looks like a, like those late, uh, those metal balloons that you see. They're not made out of, uh, rubber. It's the kind that you usually see, like, in uh, hospitals, like, get well. It's, mm-hmm. like, it looks, if you look at his gun, you can see, like, folds and wrinkles in it. Like it's a balloon that's, like, not completely filled. Especially towards the, uh, the ha- not the handle, but the, ba- the butt of the gun. It really looks like one of those metal balloons that you'd see in hospitals. All right, I have an answer for you. Are you ready for this? It's going to blow your minds. Okay. Transformers aired after Robotech first aired. I mean, Macross. Two years later, 1984. So they were first. They, uh, you could say that Transformers stole the idea for Starscream and some of the Transformers from Macross. Wow. So but, uh, the main the- difference is that these are not robots. They're not, not. They're not living machines. They're just not tools. living machines. This is just uh, a, a tool. Yeah. So there's a pilot in each one of these that controls everything this thing's doing. But uh, it makes you wonder. What about uh, what was that show with the puppets? Uh, Crank Eaters. No, Star Team Five or uh, Fireball XL Five. Thunderbirds. Oh, Thunderbirds. Yes. Yes, but also th- there was a ripoff of Thunderbirds called uh, I Think Fireball XL Five. <laughs> You're getting way deep. Don't know that one. But those were from the 60s, weren't they? And and weren't those also transforming uh, devices? I'm sure the concept's been around. Mask also had that. That was later. Man, the 80s was just pregnant with transforming vehicles. Yes, and cartoons. But yeah, so uh, Robotech Crystal Dreams. It says, coming from Game Tech for the Nintendo 64. Uh, that's a lie. Because the game was canceled, Game Tech ran out of money and folded. <laughs> so the next opportunity that fans are going to get to play a Robotech game is for the PlayStation Two, and I believe oh gosh I just forgot what it was called Crystal Dreams. No, that's all right. I was just talking about Crystal Dreams. Shoot, what's it called? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Battle Cry. That's it. Okay, great game by the way. But we're not here to talk about that game. We're here to talk about this one. So it's actually a pretty nice poster. Um, it shows real in-game graphics that's a little bit uh, jazzed up. And if you like Robotech, you'll probably be interested to see this uh, piece of history. So let's go ahead and move on, though, to the Epic Center. We get to see, a uh, funny enough, a Super Nintendo game called Genesis. <laughs> it's an Enix well, That's game. not confusing at all. <laughs> It's an Enix game where, uh, made by the developers of Quintet. It's another RPG adventure that Zelda and Gaia fans, that's Illusion of Gaia, will recognize immediately. Ark, the young hero, explores an inverted world on the inside of a globe, venturing into dungeons and towers where he must fight enemies and solve cunning puzzles. And looking around, I'm definitely seeing, like, most seven graphics for an overworld map. And 
Zelda slash Illusion of Gaia graphics for moving statues and uh, moving objects around in dungeons. Hmm. And uh, I can't say I've ever heard of this, so now I have to wonder, did this game get canceled too? I don't know. You can look that up. Will I review whatever the hell Eye of the Beholder is? And it's apparently related to Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So this is a review, and it's one of those type of games where it's a sort of a faux 3D uh, first-person view where you're kind of slide-showing through. You do step-by-step. I'm trying to think of like a equivalent. It's like uh, the levels in um, um, Fester's Quest that are awful where you're walking through the house. Um, (laughs) But um, the graphics are much better than that. You can see... um, Stone on the wall, grass on the ground. You can see uh, bad guys, of course, and you get different options. So you get different fighters uh, in your uh, party that you can play as. You can camp at different times. And um, it's got text that tells you different things. So, for instance, you, you face with two ske- two skeletons that want to hurt you badly. And... Um, it, clearly, the player is trying to go somewhere else, and it tells you, you can't go that way. So, you'll get your feedback immediately via text, uh, instead of just having to turn around endlessly, at least. So Yeah, I'm looking at games made by uh, Quintet, and mm-hmm. between uh, Terranigma, which came out on the SNES in 1995, and this is a 1996 issue, so it's already been out. Uh, the next game comes the Grand Stream Saga, which was on the PlayStation, and then Solo Crisis for the Saturn, and just PlayStation and Dreamcast games afterwards. So it looks like this is yet another game which looked promising, but never came to be. Hmm. Yeah, I tried I tried typing it into Google, and it is not... I keep getting Sega Genesis. Yeah. Boy, you think games made in the time before <laughs> Google would understand how to make good SEO. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Yeah. Also, for some reason, when I type things into Google, I'm getting Bing. So I may have to play around with my browser when this recording is done. Lovely. All right. So back to the Eye of the Beholder. That's the kind of game it is. So the quote-unquote coverage is literally just top-down maps of every level. Um, so it's showing you... You know where the bad guys are in there, where you can go up or down. Which is only somewhat helpful, considering everything's a first-person perspective. And we all know how great first-person perspectives in dungeons that all look the same is. And for whatever reason, they decided to use these odd floor backgrounds for all these maps. So you really can't tell. It would be easier if it was just a grid, just like a big spreadsheet that they filled in. So you could see how many steps you need to take before doing what. Or an overhead, said, map would, an overhead map would be really great, especially when you're dealing with a confusing orientation like this. Yeah, this feels like this should have been in the game. Gives a good point. Like, why isn't this just part of the game? Here's a map. Instead of you having to aimlessly wander, <laughs> figure out where anything is. Which has got to be so, so frustrating. Yeah, there's a and difference between challenging... A player and just outright unleashing your hate upon them. Oh well, that was that was Google thirteen level three. If you can remember <laughs> that far back in the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then there's a... There's a bomb trying to get out of the building. I'm like, <laughs> all the walls look the same. Where's and, the stairs? And I'm dead. Wait, didn't a Google 13 actually have a nude scene in it? Didn't, uh, we, didn't we see I a cutscene of, of the a, anime. No, there was a cutscene that we saw from the Nintendo, and it was a girl, like, changing by a window. That sounds familiar. And we'll I have believe to go it back was Google 13, and she was, listeners. like, naked. Well, let's not go find out now. Like, it'll take forever. Listeners, why don't you tell us if Mike's right or wrong? Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I do know because I was playing. Well, there is like some some things that got past censorship. Like I was playing Star Star Tropics. Finally, after years of reading Nintendo Power and thinking I really want to try Star Tropics because it looks great, I'm playing it and it is great. I'm enjoying it immensely. And the first thing I sent you, don't know mm-hmm. if you remember, but what was it? Um, about how you couldn't proceed because you didn't have the manual for a specific part? No. Like, oh, it was like the, the nudie magazine? No, what the I library? sent you... Fuck, I mean, did you even get <laughs> that thing I sent you? God damn you. Did you was, get, get that, that thing? I that sent I you. sent you. Now, I sent you, you prick. I sent you a screenshot <laughs> of like Star Tropics. Okay. A day ago. A day it ago? It is not that hard. That was from Star Tropics? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't tell me that. Well, anyway, it's a... The butthole. Yeah, it's a pig. And he turns around, and you can <laughs> see his butthole. He, instead of just having a pink rump, they show the pig's pink rump with a black dot in the middle. Just one black pixel. They yeah, they gave him a pixel. That's like... I sent that to Johnny. He said, that's the best bit. <laughs> All the other seven That's are okay. That's where the pork rinds come from. All the other seven bits are fine, but that eight bit, that 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 but that butt bit. <laughs> Still, I mean, to think that they actually put that in there. They gave the pig a butthole. They did. It's probably then, delicious too. And then when we look at the caves, the mm. caves don't look like you know, like holes or voids in a mountain that you can walk into. They're surrounded by a lack of grass, so it's brown, and the ground seems to cave in, so there's these concentric wrinkles going towards the center. Hmm. So the caves all look like buttholes. Or like a Sharpay fetus. (laughs) Anyways, let's move on to the next game here. Star Ocean. Ocean. I can't say ocean right. Take Star Ocean, where no RPG has gone before. Well, it is a new game. Well, it's a it spawned a great series. It's a 48 megabit spectacular, taking their cue from Tales of Fantasia. The Star Ocean design team decided to maximize the use of digitized digitized voices in their latest effort. They hired the ten of the most famous voice actors and actresses in Japan to breathe life into the main characters. There's there's no way this, this was released for. Uh, Super Nintendo, was there? This had to have been ported over to PlayStation. I think there was a Super Nintendo, although... Yeah, what, what were they saying that there's voices in this game? Because these screenshots look yeah. familiar to me. Yeah, okay, hold on. Star Ocean. I'm pretty sure it did come out on the Super Nintendo. No, you're right. It did. On uh, 96. July 19th, 1996. Yeah, because I'm getting deja vu from reading this magazine. Because I remember these exact same screenshots and thinking... I want to play a game that looks this great. I want to hear Why? voices in a game. 
So if the game is already basically out by this point, why are the screenshots of the Japanese version? This just seems lazy. Could they have not walked down to the, to the local uh, video game shop and uh, gotten the English copy? <laughs> they couldn't get a game. They couldn't get a copy of their own game to send to Nintendo and be like, hey, can you please tell us about this great game? Can you take some legitimate screenshots instead of something that looked like it was passed through a potato? Oh, shit. It says, oh, fuck. Okay, here's what happened. Okay. It was originally released on July 19th, 1996. It, for the Super Famicom, never released outside of Japan. Ah. But, I rem- but I remember seeing it in my library because it was unofficially translated through the ROM hacking project DJAP Translations. Mm. And yes, it's actually called DJAP. As that sounds racist. racist. It is not. Trust me, I'm, I'm the racism expert. That's about as racist as the uh, Bugs Bunny cartoon, You're a Sap, Mr. Jap. Oh, from no. From World War II. The best, to me, the best World War II is Bugs Bunny nips the nips. <laughs> what is that? It's the best. He sh- he's in a uh, an orange crate. He floats onto an island. Everything is great. He's got, like, you hear the ukuleles playing. It's a tropical paradise. And then Japanese ships start rolling in. And he turns into a real patriot, and he gives them popsicles with grenades in them. And, like, one idiot shows up after he gets blown up. He comes back, oh, no, no, you get back here, Mr. Man, you get back here. Like, it is so, it sounds so fucking bad. And and he's <laughs> and he's like, look, I get a free one. And it shows, like, a free one on the popsicle, so he gives them a double. Lovely. And he after he's done with those, then this big, fat sumo wrestler starts throwing him around. And, and then he takes on the general dressed up as a geisha. Jeez. And, oh, I do not want to impersonate anymore what... I mean, of course I want to impersonate. I love doing racist impressions, but <laughs> I won't. But I won't because you're tied in with this. Okay. But he okay, has Roseanne. so many amazing... There are so many terrible impressions and all this. And, he, and he's, he's handing out the popsicle sticks. He's going like, here you go, slant eyes. Here you go, monkey face. And oh he, my start, gosh. he is saying wow. absolutely deplorable, terrible shit. And when he does show up with, he shows up dressed up like Kim Jong-un at one point, like as an Asian general. And they're all like, oh, sorry, honorable general. Oh, so sorry, so sorry. And they're getting on the knees, worshiping him. And, and then he starts eating a rabbit. And then, you know, he starts eating a carrot. And then, like, the one on the knees, he looks at the camera and goes, Honorable, aha. <laughs> what? <laughs> he goes, These are bugs are bunny from a one about the picture. Lovely. And then he starts eating a carrot beside him, going, What's up, Honorable, a duck? Oh my gosh. That's awful. Oh, I'm telling you, it is the absolute best racist shit ever. I mean, you I would can know. Res- I told you, I'm the expert. <laughs> Why is that, Mike? Do do you think I made that? Because I grew up on racist cartoons. (laughs) You grew up in the 40s on wartime cartoons? No, I saw them on TV in the 80s and rented them from video places. I see. Jeez. That's warped. Very warped. Oh, God. Yeah, so if you're out there and you want to see some best showcase time racism from World War II, it's really hard to beat American cartoons. I I mean, they... They didn't just have a problem with the Japanese government. This shows absolute hatred for the Japanese people. Lovely. Which, you know, in America, in America in the 40s, it was a time of Americans. Well, when have Americans ever had a a concept of nuance or subtlety? 
If you hate a nation, you have to hate all the people, not just the government, not just some policies. You have to hate the entire people. Mm. Because Americans, Americans need things to be that simple. I see. Spoken like a true Canadian. All right. Let's move on here um, before I have to bring out my Patriot sword. And <laughs> let's talk about the Sword of Hope 2 for the Super Game Boy, which is really just the Game Boy. So, uh, this is... What is this game, Mike? Well, we're looking at a girl with uh, pretty much like a, uh, like a... Like a panda bear... Like some weird demon girl. And she's saying, I can enter the underground temple. And it's like, well, great, good for you. You can open a door. Or walk through a, bar, a big gape. Lucky. <laughs> and then we get to see uh, a fish which looks like... Uh, a first draft for Gyarados. I mean, for a Magikarp. So this just shows you, like, um, different scenes, almost like uh, mist. Oh, good. More first-place perspective dungeon crawling. That's great. It's kind of what that is. I, I'm, I'm determining this. Uh, I'm not seeing a whole lot of action in this game. It's more uh, puzzly, I think. It's more, like, point-and-click puzzly. So if you like that experience so much that you want it on the go uh, in 96, then I guess you should get a Sword of Hope 2 if you don't mind the colors. I mean, I don't know why they put Super Game Boy slapped that logo on here because they didn't take advantage of any colors aside from orange. If you want great RPGs for the Game Boy, you can just wait for the Game Boy Advance to come out and get all the Super Nintendo games that got ported to there. There you go. Like our next one, Breath of Fire 2. Oh, let's talk about that one. This game is great. <laughs> I absolutely We've talked. Well, we talked about this game before too, right? So this is strategy. They're just telling you about how to do different things in it. Okay. We're going to skip past that and go straight to the heart of the matter. What the hell is Iron Man, Exo, Man of War, and Heavy Metal? Uh, and- well, simple... Exo Manowar is just, you know, Iron Man writing a letter with hugs and kisses to Manowar. <laughs> this is a crossover between. Uh, oh my god, this man. Oh, this is a Walmart character? Am I seeing fuck, that correctly? Fuck this. Manowar looks like a sidekick on He Man. Hold on, I gotta zoom in on this thing. There's a logo at the top right of Exo Manowar. Oh, Valiant. Valiant. Okay, I thought it said a Walmart. I was like, what? <laughs> so, I remember Valiant. That's a publisher that probably isn't around anymore. Yeah, but look at this guy. Tell me he doesn't look like some He-Man sidekick. He does. Um, the r- way r- they r- have right, the- right next to the amazing Fisto Roboto. <laughs> Still, I mean, what kind of name is Fisto? That sounds like a French poster, doesn't it? <laughs> Yes, it's called. I actually have Fisto still. I still have that character. My kids play with it, and they're like, "What's his name?" I'm like, it's Fisto. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. It's Fisto. Domo arigato, Fisto Roboto. Domo arigato, Fisto Roboto. Yeah. So I don't know why Marvel thought it'd be a good idea to cross over with Valiant for this game. Um. Didn't Valiant also do Savage Dragon? No. I think that was like New Lines, I want to say. 
Valiant had a couple of, of uh, comics I vaguely remember. It was always the ones, if you got like one of those paper bags of like grab bag comics, there'd probably be a Valiant comic in there. God, you know? I have to ask, why do these battle suits, both Iron Man and Man of War, why do the battle suits have abs? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. What I was more looking at is... For whatever reason, on Iron Man's shoulder pads, he has the the word the Stark, Stark logo, the Stark, the Stark logo, logo. Both, <laughs> both shoulder pads. Oh my god! I've never seen that in an Iron Man design before. God, these both these guys in the in in the first insert with that 3D clip art they've got going on, they both look like those blow up dolls you'd see at uh, Super X. <laughs> like the like the ones where you have to like get the ring in the goldfish bowl or something. These are the mm-hmm. things that would be floating above the big prize. There you go. Never mind. Speaking of floaters, look in the background. We've got oh, two, two barely women? barely dressed uh, women, and I'm, I'm b- practically seeing nipple on the redhead on the right there. Oh oh yeah, the blue I frosted mean, lady. Yeah, she's got a nip slip going on. Yeah, there's there's nipple popping out uh, with the redhead. You can kind of see in the corner. Well, it's to be expected when you don't cover your breasts. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really get the concept of, the, of the, why they did this. But anyways, let's talk about the game. So it's a platformer, obviously, uh, on a Game Boy. That um, It does take advantage of the Super Game Boy in that it has a border with a picture of Iron Man on the left and Exo Man on War on the right. And then smooshed, very smooshed uh, port... Um, Pictures of villain of villains surrounding them. So I see if Baron you want Zima. to see Baron Simo in an incorrect aspect ratio, that's how you can do it. Um, you know, for a Super Game Boy thing, this is a pretty good Baron Zemo. You got that little purple that purple balaclava thing he's got going on with the gold tiara. <laughs> the purple sock. What a odd what a odd character design. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh he's got he got ugly and now he wears a, a balaclava. That's great. A purple one, though. So it's not really fitting in. You're, you're standing it's, out more. It's a strong look. It is a strong look. All right. And I don't know who the hell... Is that Modoc in the upper corner? Uh, Maybe. I have no idea. So, okay. Iron Man's chief weapons are the repulsor beams, while the Exo armor um, packs twin ion cannons. Press As we can Y see to fire a single blast or Y for sustained bursts or press up and down while firing to angle your shots. Yep. As we can see, Iron Man has his repulsors in the palm of his robo-hands, while Man of War has what appears to be a energy ray shooter disc thrower thing mounted on his mounted on his wrist above his hands. Alright, so Exo Man of War is, and, and is actually be, called... <laughs> and he appears to be coming when he's firing. Yes, his name is Arik of Dacia, a man thrust out of his own time and master of the alien XO Manowar suit. So there you go. Arik. Arik? Eric? Arik of Dacia. How do Dacia. you say A R I C? I imagine it would be Arik, because Eric would be with an E. But A Arik? I don't Ar- know. Arik. Oh, so the one of the bad guys that of uh, Exo Man of Wars is named Mistress Crescendo. That would explain huh. his uh, his facial expression. <laughs> You're bringing me to Crescendo. Uh, I'm, I'm crescending. 
<sighs> so, okay, they fight Yellow Jacket and Blackout. Uh, Yellow Jacket's from Iron Man. Uh, they're fighting spider aliens and spider alien soldiers, spider alien minions, whatever the hell those are. So. And meanwhile, meanwhile, Peter Parker's just like sneezing and wondering, oh shit, is someone talking about me? <laughs> so it's a crappy platformer. Um, who's just uh, from Acclaim? Shocker. So you can imagine the quality that went into this game. And uh, God, could they have just picked worse colors to print? On the magazine, it's just bleeding red and orange all over the place in these screenshots. Oh, gee, Nintendo messing around with orange. What are the what are the odds? I mean, it's just like they completely not even doubled down. It's they tripled down on the orange. <laughs> There's no sense of like black or white anywhere. It's just different shades of orange. Oh, it's just awful. Oh, I'm so glad when the uh, Super Game Boy came out, or the uh, was there a Super Game Boy or just the uh, Super Game Boy games for the Super Nintendo? Uh, what do you mean? No, the Super Game Boy is no. the thing. Yeah, there was. Like, yeah, but it's for the yeah. It was the uh, the alteration. Yeah, the uh, the adapter. So it was that Game Boy Advance, or was there a Game Boy Color? They had yeah. Game Boy Color. That's coming out Game next, Boy, right? Yes. Um, yeah, then they have like SP. No, sorry, Advance, and they have Advance SP. Yeah, I can't wait for the Advance. That was like when you finally had like a Super Nintendo in your hand. Yeah, but first they have like the Game Boy Pocket or something, the sleek version of it, and then you have like Game Boy Micro at some point. Yeah, but those don't change the graphics though, so. True. It's like when you finally get Game Boy level or Super Nintendo level games in your hand, that's when things are, that's when things really got good. Yep, that was the Advance. Okay, so, Counselor's Corner? Yep. We got, ah, Real Monsters. An Advice on It by Mark Doyle, who kind of strikes me as like a, a teen Dave Chappelle. The Doyle rules. <laughs> and then we have uh, Lufia 2 Rise of the Sinistrals with uh, Tom Davis telling about it and how he's going to make it big in his garage rock band. <laughs> which he's been sporting that long hair uh, since 1988. As soon as as mom can drive him, give him a ride to the Battle of the Bands. (laughs) Oh, then we have everyone's favorite librarian uh, telling us about Earthbound, Yvette Kirby. Oh my God, that background is trippy. Why did they do this? Why did they do any of the backgrounds? God, she looks like a... Everything about this makes her look like a bad trip hallucination. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And then um, we have Daffy Duck, the Marvin Missions from uh, Martin Doyle. Related? Related. Has to be. It's got to be. They look similar. Or am I just being racist? <laughs> no, it looks like he could be a... Uh, they have to be related, right? Yeah, it looks like he could be a, like an older brother. Brother, cousin. Maybe it's his dad, who knows? He looks a bit like Lance Reddick. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Uh, shit. That, the boss it, in Fringe. Right. Never mind. I remember Fringe. Yeah, it, it just took a voice. while. All right. Uh, okay, moving on from there, we have another Nintendo 64 preview. That's right, bitches. It's more combat. Mortal Kombat Trilogy. 
Oh my goodness, if you liked the first three games in Mortal Kombat, now you can own all three in one package in Nintendo 64. Are the graphics the same? Just about. And that's about it. Yep. So that's great. We get to see some great comic art with uh, characters. Like this Elvira Mistress of the Dark ripoff in a purple leotard. Yeah, with no names attached to any of these characters. And we got a, a centaur, which basically looks like Newton from Hercules. If he just like got tired of being picked on and being made fun of, and he just went to the gym and got ripped. And then this chick that you mentioned looks like Elvira kind of reminds me of like um, Evil Lynn from He-Man went and worked for Cobra from G.I. Joe. Yes. That's the kind of vibe I'm seeing there. Yeah. Oh, I see. Got, oh, there's yeah. Scorpion. I recognize that one. Yeah, and we've got <laughs> Fem, we've got Femgoro facing off against what appears to be I don't know what the hell is that guy. I don't know. And then we've got a nice comic insert of a ghoul lady, face, a lady with big tits and fans. Mm-hmm. All right. And yeah, we've got wow. Then we've got the lady with big tits and a stick. Yep. I'm seeing Is a that trend Jade? here. I don't know. She's wearing the exact same outfit. It's just like, hey, remember how we had the same character with different colors, and that saved us a lot of memory with Scorpion and F Zero and Reptile, whatever. Let's do the same thing with hot chicks. Right, because a game with only like 15 characters, who needs originality? Right. All right, let's move on from that. That Clearly, that's a winner. All right, then we have the Brainies for, I believe, it's Super Nintendo, but you can't tell from the screenshots. So that tells you how good the, the uh, <laughs> coverage is here or the quality um, of the game. Oh, the first screenshot I'm looking at in the middle, it, they look like the viruses from Dr. Mario. Yeah. I, I mean, the art's actually really, the cover art's actually really good. This is from Titus... They kind of look like, um, oh, what are Kush those? Th- one of those things from Star Trek. Tribbles. Kerbals. Tribbles. Tribbles. If Tribbles got their own cartoon spinoff, and we're this in is different what colors, they like. yes. But they have big old nasty feet with well, to- toenails they, and they, clipping. Yeah, of course, if you yeah, if they were a cartoon, they would have to be different colors, so you can sell different colored ones. Yep. One's with big feet, one's with eyebrows, the one with sunglasses. One with a Donald Trump toupee on. <laughs> the one with a bowler hat. The evil one with a uh, mallet. A <laughs> stone mallet. Stone mallet. This is so 90s. The, uh, the, of course, the sunglasses with a giant a toothy smile on this ball of fur thing. Yeah, because this guy's obviously ripping off a California raisin. Do you like to test your wits and have a good guffaw at the same time? <laughs> I can't even say that straight. <laughs> then brace yourself for a brainy invasion. These roly-poly radiocinators have escaped their holding cage at Euro Developer Titus and leaped across the big pond. They won't rest until they've conquered the colonies. So it's a classic, oh. quote-unquote classic puzzler. I need to look up with a radiocinator radiocinator is the object is to roll each brainy which resembles nothing so much as a dayglow marshmallow with an attitude to its home tile of the same cor- uh, color 
Ah, but that bald description is a bit like saying that the object of football is to push harder than the other guys. Lulling you with a series of simple challenges, Titus pull, soon pulls you all pulls out all the stops. Okay, hold on. Fact check. Mm-hmm. This is to radiosinate is a verb to form judgments by a process of logic or reason. Okay, why would they pick that word to put Nintendo Power? Because they're called because they're brainies. They think. I see. They're really searching through the th- the source there. Oh my god, okay. it was, and uh, it was said to have, uh, Edgar Allan Poe is said to have called the 1841 story, The Murders in the Rue Morgue, his first tale of radiocination. So, wow. So, that's my word for the day. You'll have to finagle your way around, over, and through barriers, bombs, warp tiles, sealed off rooms, bumpers, and one-way arrows. There's a hundred levels, and they even admit the graphics aren't exactly state-of-the-art, but its compulsive puzzle playing is up your alley. So, kind of similar, I think, probably to, like, Lolo, Adventures of Lolo, where you gotta move these things to the end. That's how I'd describe it. Yeah, or it looks like those typical things Bomberman. where you have to slide, you have to slide from one room to another on a floor of ice, and you uh, have to yeah. use pillars and shit to, uh, to control oh. your trajectory. So, like a part of a uh, temple or dungeon in Zelda, then. Yeah, like the, you know, when you're in the ice dungeons. Got it. Okay, that's a big skip. I'm looking then. at these things, and their feet look like fingers. Yeah, they're gross. Those feet are nasty. All right. Again, with the 90s and nastiness and coolness at the same time, it doesn't, doesn't work. All right. Next up, we have a section called Beat the Boss. And uh, what they're doing here is they're giving you tips on how to beat different bosses in different games. So they have one for Earthworm Jim 2, and Jim is trying to fight Psycho in a wild race to reach Princess What's-Her-Name. So this is telling you how to get, give you some tips on how to get through that. They have tips for Pitfall, the Mine Adventure. Here's a tip, don't play the game. Uh, they have tips for <laughs> Killer Instinct. <laughs> Oh, hold on. You're telling me that you don't want to play this game where you're fighting a the male version of the three titty girl from Total Recall. I've I told I played this try to play this game. And you didn't tell me about the three titty man? That's not a three titty I didn't you think I actually made it that far in the game? Look you, at this guy. I didn't make it past the first level. It's Indiana Jones and the three tittied man is launching his face is launching his fist like You know what this like is like a robot. This is a poor knockoff, this guy, this character of the rock monster for Mega Man. Oh, it's a skull necklace. Yes, it's not tits, okay? Oh, shit, I thought it was, well, so much for my three-tittied man fetish. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure there's something out there for everyone. If not, I'm sure you can make it custom-made. Oh, my gosh, so he throws himself in pieces. Ju- yeah, just like mu- the mud monster from, yeah, Mega Man. Yeah. The sand guy, the big sand guy with the eyeball. Yeah. All right. Killer Instinct, they tell you how to beat Idol. The Lion King, they tell you how to beat the tar out of Scar. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Chrono Trigger, they tell you to say, time's up for Levos. Megaman X3, Blast the Sigma Enigma. Kirby's Dreamland, Dump King Dedede. Or DDD? How do you say it? DDD. Okay. And then for Donkey Kong Land, they tell you how to cool off 
King K. Rule. You know what? There's a, probably a Kirby cartoon if we watched it. I would be surprised. Like, who knows? It's pro- They probably pronounce them Day Day Day. The Day Day. Who knows? I don't Day Day Day. That's all, folks. Maybe. Okay, then we got the arena. So they're trying, give me, trying to uh, tell you to send your scores, and they have a full page of scores here for Madden 96 um, for different feats. They have some scores for Yoshi's Island, Diddy's Conquest, and Super Mario Kart. And they're throwing out more challenges for Super Mario Kart, and then for Ken Griffey Jr.'s winning run and PGA Tour 96. So, and they also have some bonus stage bonanza. Have you ever tried finding every bonus stage or area in the game? And they challenge you to uh, find these bonus areas in different games. But never mind that's on to the now playing. Mike, I'll let you start with the best one here. My God, there's only three games this month. <laughs> there's only three games this month. <sighs> oh my God. Wow, the Pickens are that fucking slim. This yeah, is this is bad. We, we got Bassmasters Classic Pro Edition, all ba- all bass all the time with this Bassmasters oh Classic from Black Pearl. It says better graphics, more options, variety, and character selection. However, a twenty nine character password. Ugh. <laughs> and they wrote that. I did not do that sound myself. You know, I basically they have a bumper uh, bumper sticker on the back of their truck when they're pulling out those boats that says. Cash, grass, or bass. Nobody rides for free. <laughs> Iron Man, Exo, Man of War, and Heavy Metal. Acclaimed comics and Marvel comics join forces. Acclaimed comics? What? That's not right. It's Valiant Comics, you rubes. Did, acc- did Acclaim finance Valiant? No, Acclaim made the game. Anyways, Valiant Comics, I'll fix their typo, and Marvel Comics, even they don't know who, who Valiant is. Join forces for one final battle royale on Game Boy. They say good action, good graphics, fun characters, password. However, annoyingly repetitious music, some slow play control. That's, that's those those and are positives in my opinion about that game. This is a game I don't even think we've covered this game in this issue. They just slid this one right in, didn't they? War thirty ten, the revolution. Well, what is it good for? Let's find out. Xanax is not what you may Xanax is not what you may think. Well, <laughs> yeah, of course. it's a strategy game that spans the stars for the Super NES. I've never heard of this. Simple enough for anyone to grasp easily, but with increasing complexity in later scenarios. Sixteen levels, passwords, and secret items. However, terrain defense strategy is not as logical as in War Twenty Four Ten. Oh fuck, this is a sequel. Do you remember the War series? Nope. Ship icons difficult to identify. Fortunately, there's an option for using letters instead of ship icons. Man, what a what a humdinger! And none of these break a three point two. Well, oh. except for uh, Bassmasters, which for challenge gets a three point seven. That is the highest point. Only one editor had one pick for this month, and that was <laughs> Jeff, who apparently likes Bassmasters. Is that so? This is the saddest now playing section I've ever seen in Nintendo Power Magazine. I, I, I wonder if he ever describes supper at his place as bass to mouth. <laughs> oh, by the way, I was watching an episode of Ninja Turtles with my nephew. Face down, bass up. That's the <laughs> name. 
<laughs> I was watching Ninja Turtles with my nephews, and they I and this is the this is the the CGI Ninja Turtles, the, like one of the best series yes. in a long time. The one that you gush series. about every single episode. Anyways, oh, I'm telling you, I'm gonna. You're, I'm, here's another reason why. Oh my god! They're fighting this monster, this mutant called Fishface. He was a Brazilian kick fighter, like uh, cap- those capoeira guys. You know the ones that do all that shit. With Racist their feet and again. Lines? What capoeira is not Brazilian? Fish face is a <laughs> is a racist term. He's a fish. Mm. And where is he he's from? A, I said he's from Brazil. Mm. But anyway, they're fighting a monster, a mutant called Fish Face. And when they fall into the water, his terrain, he actually shows up and says, "You turtles are finished. I'm. Go- this is a place where I am the master. I am going to give you bass to mouth." Oh my god. They put that in a kid's cartoon. They made an ass-to-mouth, a, an analingus <laughs> reference in the CGI Ninja Turtles cartoon. And this was in the same episode in which Leonardo finally kills, decapitates Shredder. When I tell you well. that this was the best Ninja Turtles cartoon in a very long time, if not the best cartoon version of Ninja Turtles ever, I am not making shit up and I am not selling this short. This is phenomenal. You got an analingus reference in the same episode where Leonardo kills the Shredder. And that's an episode right after Master Splinter's brutal death at, Spl- at Shredder's hands. This is a- a- an excellent series. I can't say enough about it. Does it come with a free ticket to Brown Town? <laughs> Does that include with the viewing? <laughs> uh. All right. Uh, Packwatch, the inside source on future games. Yes, because there's nothing current. Uh, they tell us about Robotech Crystal Dreams with some impressive screenshots and renderings of a game that we already discussed that will not be coming out. It looks like it's supposed to be like a space uh, flight sim. What the hell is this face I see under the helmet? It lo- Oh, it's an eye. I thought I was looking at some like guy's lower jaw with like a really goofy smile. They tried to do something, it looks like, where they have got uh, shading on half the character's face, but then they also put, like, a mask over the mouth, so you really... I don't have a good view of the character at all. Yeah, only now that I see the eye. At first thought, I was, I was staring at, like, some some guy's one quarter of a smile. Yeah, it's, it's odd. Uh, we have some game called Ultra Combat for N64, which I don't remember coming out either. God, you know what this layout reminds me of? Superman 64. Yeah, it's... Uh, All you need is rings for him to fly through, and it's Superman 64. I know this is like the very beginning of like 3D graphics, but this is bad. I mean, <laughs> even yeah. for then, this is bad. I've, des- I've described it perfectly as this is the awkward puberty of graphics. Yeah, this is You the- go from sweet, cute little childish graphics, 2D sprites and all that, and before you get to the well-fleshed-out and mature 3D layouts... You've got this awkward, pimply, googly, buck-tooth, acne-riddled garbage. It's Yeah, they were trying something, and they clearly failed. Um, software creations, huh? Interesting. All right, so they have Miss Pac-Man coming out for the Super NES, because why not? Which actually looks better than the uh, combat game for the 64. It does. Uh, then they mentioned Turok Dinosaur Hunter again, which we've... Preview a little bit, and we all know will come out, so we'll do a uh, a, a thorough it, review of it. 
when it comes yeah, out. Yeah, call it Dinosaur Hunter, but I'm only seeing one dinosaur in this. Everything else is walking on two legs, and they have goofy, shit-eating grins. You don't know what... I mean... Well, what if those dinosaurs existed and he just killed them all, huh? You don't know that. Maybe he took the bones with him. Oh, <laughs> uh, look at this guy. He looks like a uh, lawnmower man. <laughs> you know when, he, when, he, when his face gets distorted... Yeah. Inside the matrix or the the gyroscope or whatever he's in, there's only so and much you can have, do. We have another dinosaur that looks like he's carrying armor and wielding a blaster. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, that, um, that's why he, that's why mammals got to live because this guy came along and killed the clearly superior species. All right, and then we have Mister Do or Mister Do. I, I never same. knew. Hmm. I'd say Mr. Do. Mr. Do. Uh, I'm guessing this is for Game Boy? I'm, I'm seeing Dig Dug. He doesn't even say what game this is for. I mean, what system this is for. And then Lolo. Am I, is, is that not Lolo or is it Bubble Bobble? That's a Bubble yeah, Bobble, Bobble, Bobble guy. That's Bill or Bob. And, you know, and we get to see some fairy pushing a golden apple. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking at Dig Dug here. Okay. Then we have Power Rangers Zeo Battle Racers. This looks like it might have actually been released. Uh, and this is for, it has to be Super NES. It looks like it. That's interesting. It kind of looks like Mario Kart, but with Power Rangers folks. And uh, is he Probably, like right? pedaling a bike? Is the Black Ranger pedaling a bicycle? I think they're just at the starting line. Because it says speed zero. So I'm imagining he's a motorcycle and he's just. His, his hmm? feet aren't level though. He's probably got one foot on the bike and the other one on the ground. You know motorcyclists do it. Sometimes. <laughs> Motorcycles can't st st stand up on their own? No! Hmm. <laughs> what? It's two wheels. They're not balanced. They have to be moving. Well, I, I, like thought a they bicycle. Were wide I thought they were wide enough for the balance. but anyway. How wide do you think they are? It's not a rolling tank. <laughs> and next, the sequel to F-Zero... Which I thought would be F1, but no, it's G0. Yeah, that's not coming out. <laughs> this is Red Alert. God. Isn't this, this is Red Darth, Alert? This is Darth Vader's readout when he's trying to shoot Luke Skywalker out of the Death Star Trench. Hey, would you like to try to, to figure out the depth of something when everything is completely see-through and all you see are wireframes? Yeah, Doesn't that's that great... like a fun 3D flying adventure? Yeah, that's great perspective. It's great perspective. You have you have See, every concept of what is flying at you, what's in, what's part of the plane, what's behind you, what's behind that, right? Oh my god, look at I was just reading the screenshots. Here's what it actually says in the magazine. The planes look a bit like space fighters, and the sounds they make as they scream through the underground labyrinth reminded this pack pallet of a high speed <laughs> run down the trench of the Death Star. Nice. So I was right. This is Darth Vader's readout yep. when he was trying to lock on to Luke Skywalker. Well, that'd be a nice mini game if they actually came out. If if LucasArts revealed that where you're TIE fighters and you have to like if you are the Empire and you're shooting down or just like being rebels and you have to you have the same lock on as you're trying to take out TIE fighters, like I could see that would be a good use of this. Like mm -hmm. for uh for such a terrible background, space would be a great area because there's a lot to fly around and you just lock on to fighters. I mean, as long as you can work within the limits of a system, you can make great games. Mm -hmm. You can. It's outside the box thinking. All right. 
They, Speaking of boxes, we get to see a box for <laughs> Killer Instinct. It's a collectible card game from Tops. Are they the same people that made the Garbage Pail Kids? I don't know, but they make uh, baseball cards. That's their thing. All right, N64 Recruits. Nintendo will hook up with something called Recruit to, uh, to form a joint venture company that will produce four or five Nintendo 64 games per year. Um, blah, 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 blah. Recruit is a multifaceted company that publishes music and comics as well as a video game magazine. I'm sure they, that will not happen. Kemco is creating an upcoming um, N64 racing game called Top Gear Rally that actually did come out. And uh, they, they took a look at a two-minute videotape, and they're talking about that. There's a Shadows of the Empire comic book coming out. I actually have some of those. And then they mentioned that um, you can get the Nintendo 64 controller in a rainbow of colors. They've got green. They've got red. They've got black. They've got yellow. And they've got a purplish blue. They call it uh, just blue, but it is slightly blue. Purplish. Yeah, it looks. It's the same color as the GameCube. Yeah, and then of course the standard gray. Too bad they couldn't come up with different layouts for controllers because this is still a terrible looking controller. Uh, I can't wait. I honestly, if they announce the N sixty four Mini Classic, I'm gonna buy it. I've decided I'm gonna. It's it's gonna be mine. <laughs> it's because you know why? It's because. The emulation for N64 games is so difficult, and I don't have my original N64 anymore. So I could either go and buy the old stuff, or if they have a nice package with all the good ones in it, I'd, be like, I'd like to get that. But it has to have GoldenEye on it. That's my, that's my uh, caveat. All right. They have uh, Donkey Kong Country 3 Dixie's Double Trouble coming out soon, and that's for Super Nintendo. And they have some other notes that uh, we're going to ignore for now. So, let's see what they are giving away in the Players' Poll Contest. Oh, for third prize, you can get a brand new Nintendo Power t-shirt. These have green sleeves. Hot tees for cool players. Second prize, five winners. Take your pick. Choose your favorite Nintendo 64 controller. And get an N64 tote bag to carry it in. Plus, Super Mario 64 CDs or cassettes. And grand prize, you get a Nintendo 64. A Nintendo 64 controller in every color. Why would you need six? It's only... Anyways. A library of N64 games. A 35-inch color TV. This N64 contest. You, if you're the grand prize winner. Did they seriously add those last two bullet points? Like, they they win... The, the contest is in the contest? So do you keep winning in into infinity? You know, it's like and those... beyond. Yeah. And how do you win yourself? You, well, if you're the grand prize winner. <laughs> total value is about $3,000. That's not bad. And then it, tell you, it tells you what the what is not in the prize. They say it's not 32 bits... It's not 2400 BOD modems. It's not the Library of Congress. It's not Murder, She Wrote. It's not other contests in comparison. And it's not any lamer who can't fill out the card and drop it in the mail. Wow. Oh, it's what it's what's not. It's what's like what is not. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. Oh, I see. All right. Um, 
Coming next issue, really that's the end, they put that in the end this time, interesting. Coming next issue, they talk about Kirby Superstar. Super Mario 64, finally. Uh, there should be more of that game, so probably still a preview. More on Virtual Boy, so you get to find about Dragon Hopper, cancel game, and Bound High, another cancel game. And then uh, they talk about Tetris Attack, which actually I believe makes the cover. And then on the back of the back of the magazine, they have a, a horrible advertisement. It just says "fun, fun, fun" in giant letters over a confusing background that is purple. And apparently, it's telling you about the N64, the fun machine. I thought that was a. What's that uh, machine where the girls sit on? Symbian? Oh, the Sibian. Yes, that's the fun machine. <laughs> All right, um, let's go ahead and plug our stuff. Mike, what do you have coming up? Oh, we're celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Graveyard Shift. So check out that episode. It will be released by the time this airs. Congratulations. It's a pretty good one, and we managed to find a birthday horror movie to review. And what's that called? Happy Birthday to Me. Nice. It's a Canadian-made horror movie. Mm. Sounds like quality. All right, and if you guys want to find out more of Ben's stuff, I have my own podcast I do by myself. It's a little music podcast called Repeat One. It's uh, songs you can listen to on loop and the stories behind them. And you can just find it at www.repeat.one. And that's the word one. And if you'd like to reach out to us, find out more of Playing With Power podcast, you can go to our website, www.playingwithpowerpodcast.com. You'll find links to our Facebook page where you can ask us questions, interact with us, see funny posts that we do. You can also follow us on Twitter and uh, YouTube if, we're still, if anyone's still looking at that. And if you'd like to support the show, we would love it if you would give us a rating, a review on iTunes. That's the Apple Music store for those of you that are younger and don't know what iTunes are now if you're like <laughs> two and uh, if you really want to support us and you want to donate to our funds to uh, help help host the show you can go to patreon.com slash playing with power thanks everybody for listening I'm Ben and I'm Mike and now you're playing with power Entertainment System. Now you're playing.